Hi and welcome everyone to the 69th episode of CM Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about custom control framework and with me today I have Chris Huntingford. Chris is exposing the awesomeness of Microsoft Dynamics 365 customer engagement and the associated products. He is all about product evangelism and spreading the Dynamics 365 message. He is passionate about bringing people and product together to create an understanding and enthusiasm for customer relationship both internally in the workplace and externally with his customers and prospects. Welcome, Chris Huntingford. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Uh, cool, how man. How are you doing? Very good. It's an absolute privilege to be on this podcast. Um, I've, I've listened to a few of your, th- your casts before and I'm, I'm a big fan. So no nerves, just really excited. CRM is all about managing a good customer relationship. So what is good customer relationship to you? So that's interesting because I actually get asked that quite a bit and I've come up with this weird sort of answer that's, that could be potentially canned. But it is. so the way I see a good customer relationship, it's basically when a customer and myself or a business have got a mutual and beneficial agreement for both parties. So let me give an example. A customer gets expertise and time and ultimately value essentially and in that way it assists them in growing. And in recognition for that, we get recognition and money, which translates into a mechanism for us to look after our employees and therefore grow our business. So a really good rock solid customer relationship, in my opinion, is a transfer of trade or a transfer of um, sort of value from party to party that's mutually beneficial. Who are your customer? So this is interesting because um, I don't have the most stock standard job and I'll, I'll get to that a bit later, but I have loads of customers. So... The way that I perceive a customer is anyone that I have an interaction on a day-to-day basis and anyone that I can potentially provide value. So a lot of people will say, well, their customers are a B2B client or a B2C client, and this is what they do. I perceive you as my customer right now, because at the moment I'm giving you information and you're giving me information. I perceive um, anyone in the community a customer. I perceive B clients and B2C clients that I work with through Hitachi. So anywhere where there's a trade of value, to me as a customer. So what is it that you do? <laughs> this is where it's also going to get weird, right? So I have a weird job. Um, I am in technical pre-sales and in a solution architect role. So um, I've been doing dynamics for a long time. I think it's, I think this is my nine, nine and a half year, nine and a half years, roughly, um, which is great. But I'm also the digital omni-channel brand manager at Touchy Solutions. So it's a bit weird. So I've got a ton of technical pre-sales experience and I do a hell of a lot of marketing. Um, so essentially my job from a technical pre-sales point of view is to respond to RFPs, evangelize the product, build demos, um, support the delivery team, but then in the brand management capacity, it's around the marketing sites for social engagement, you know, building up the end brand, uh, newsletter, man, all that type of thing. So it's a massive consolidation of different jobs that I get into, I, I have in this position. What's your last memorable customer experience? <laughs> okay. So I've got to tell you, I've got loads, right? But it depends what you mean by memorable. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's always so people can take it either positive or negative. Yeah. That's why you're sort of memorable. It could be the either. Or. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of tiptoe here. Um, a while back, this is an, this is negative and positive because I got a great reaction and we signed the client. But um, I was doing a demo for a customer and my this was many years ago. And my girlfriend at the time sent me a very questionable message on GTalk. And it popped up on the screen while I was talking to everyone. And she sent like one or two more and I couldn't get rid of it. So I just closed it. So that's one. And then I have another one where um recently we were doing a demo at a customer and 
I got so involved. I mean, it was the three and a half hour long demo and I got so stuck and involved in the presentation that I didn't realize I was basically standing up and walking around the room and pointing stuff out. And I got a round of applause at the end of it. Um, and it was nuts, man. I didn't, you know, it was a really great experience and I felt really honored, but, and it was a really, really tough customer. So to me, that that's probably, those are the, like some seriously mobile ones. If you take me out for a beer, I'll tell you some crazy stories as well. Those are the two I'm allowed to talk. Yeah, that's always nice to hear. So if have you any experience where you've been the customer and you've sort of noticed that this is a good customer experience where you're the customer or a bad customer expense for you uh, all the time man and i base a lot of my i base a lot of the work i do around omnichannel and customer engagement on those experiences and recently um you know it depends what you mean in the capacity of a customer but i i have a specific tv provider at home and i called them up and they were absolutely shocking they they really weren't helping me out and i thought that was terrible customer experience i went from web chat to telephone to email back to web chat and nobody ended up helping me out um so I ended up leaving a social post, which was a bit rude. But you know, the thing is, I'd, I'd been taken through this whole process, and no one had helped me. And it ended up being their social team. That so it was negative and positive. And um, I've had this very similar experience at an airline in South Africa, where I, I do a, I actually do a presentation on it now, um, which is quite cool at the CRM Saturday events. But that to me, it's negative. But you know, if you can solve the customer's problem and turn them into an advocate, then it's turned to a positive experience. Yeah, they managed to solve it in the end, but probably they could have done it sooner though yeah my, my theory is manage your channels better um and this might be off, off piece a little bit but when i talk to customers about things like channel and multi-channel and every channel chucking all the buzzwords right i always say it's one thing if you're ready for the channel but are your customers ready and vice versa and it's the same way that you know every day that we log on we're logging on to things like um ebay and things like that they know we're ready for certain elements of functionality, so they release them. And a lot of the time, I think we should be treating our customers the same way and their customers' customers. Yeah, and I think that's true. If you're too early with something, then it doesn't work. And if you're too late, then everyone already done it. So exactly, that's a, that's a, a good balance to have, and it's a difficult balance to have. And, and, and the buzz bingo, yeah. We do this all the time here on this show. Buzzword bingo. I try and yeah, get it out the way at like most meetings, man. If you just upfront yeah. honest and say, hey guys, you know, just get out the piece of paper. We'll chuck in multi-channel. We'll say omni-channel. We'll say digital transformation. Let's just get it out there and speak real stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what is custom control framework if we look at that then? Okay, so can I tell you a little bit about a story about this? I was yeah, at um, please do yeah. It's a bit interesting because I had no cooking clue what this was, and I actually ended up in the presentation with Paul Murray from Microsoft at um Extreme three six five in California last year, and he did the demo. And oh, man, this is cool, right? So I uh, look, I'm not a developer. I'm going to get it out there, guys. You know, I used to be a Delphi coder. Now I'm not. Like I see code and I start convulsing. Um, <laughs> but you know, I saw this presentation that Paul Murray did, and it really hit home because it felt as if you know Microsoft were really really putting a lot of time and effort into the user interface and the controls that are available within Dynamic. So the custom control framework is basically a mechanism to customize and configure controls within Dynamic's customer engagement. Now, think about the customization or configuration that we know it as of today, where what will happen is that you um, you go into your form designer, you create a new attribute, you pick that up and you chuck it onto the form. Let's use a numeric. Awesome. There's your numerical field. When you log into the for publish, log into the form, you basically chuck in some some numbers and that's your value stored. Now, a lot of the time, that's great. But what happens if you're on the road and you need to add an information or you need a better mechanism of actually adding that data to the attribute? So 
think of it as like the custom control framework overlays the attributes and controls the way that that behaves. And not only the attribute, but things like grid, uh, for, sorry, um, views as well. So instead of manually entering information, um, you're basically using something like a graphical slider to update that value. So where what will happen is that the custom control lives on top of the attribute. You're um, you're basically interacting with the control to update the value. It sounds complicated, but I promise it's not. It's really really straightforward. All it means is that you're getting a better you're getting a better user experience. There are also client side components, right? So it's really important to understand that they don't live on the server. Client side that's client side. So the value, if we have something like the, it represents percentage zero to a hundred then we can have a slider and you sort of no. drag that along and, and fill your way so it's easier to enter with your thumb bomb got it got to admit then. if it was a percentage field and you know my personal favorite is the radial knob that's the that's the rocking one man it's basically a circle with a value and you kind of just like make a circle with your finger and it updates the field and you can also put an increment so you can say you know how many increments it'll update based on the the swap the swipe of your finger so it's very very what I like about it as well is the fact that it promotes a lot of usage with unified client interface and the mobile and tablet interfaces, well, essentially. But um, it it really gives the users a better experience. Um, and th that's personally what I've found. Okay, so if you were to go through a list of the custom controls there, what types are there? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm, I'm basically going to go off the top of my head from, from the ones I can remember. So you've got... Um, Radial knobs, you've got, oh, that, I just I just love that one. That's my favorite. You've got the slider controls where basically you can update from left to right. Uh, you've got the arc control, which is essentially, um, think of it like a semicircle. So the radial on the full circle, the um, arc knob being the, the, the control being the kind of semicircle. Uh, you've got probability. So it's like a star control, which is pretty cool. Um, you've got the, the Boolean control. So it's kind of yes, no. I can't remember them all. There's one that you can add to a priority field, which allows you to basically, you know, based on the, based on the amount of options and the priority, you basically check one in a visual element. I know there's a site that you can, but maybe we can in the show notes that'll list a bunch of these. The, the best one, in my opinion, is actually the signal control, which lives on a multi-line text box. So back in NAM, what used to happen was um, when you needed a customer signature direct on a you had to write something like a web resource. Now, because there's a control that replaces that, a customer can sign directly on the interface, and then that gets stored directly in the system as free text. So there's a ton of them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be able to list them all off the top of my head, but those are the ones I can remember. Okay, so it's a little bit like the old one that we used to have yes. on this bit uh, uh, type that we had. We had a Boolean that was yes and no. Yeah. And you can you can have that as a drop down. You could have mm. that as a radio button. You could have that as a. Um, yeah, it's, no, it's that's similar. A, probably the. It was a third one, but I don't remember what that was right now. But that is sort of the control over that input that you have. Yes. It's still the same thing underneath, but it's a different rep visual representation of it. Yeah, so this this kind of takes it to the next level. And um, something, oh, the one I was looking for, it's called a linear gauge. That's the one. Sorry, I'm actually in dynamics now, and I figured, so you got... You've got arc knob, bullet graph, linear gauge, linear slider, number number inputs, and radial knobs. Those are the ones that are associated to that specific attribute type. But this is important, right? And I think I've mentioned this in my video when I did the first video, and I was absolutely amazed when I was testing this out. Um, the attribute type is going to dictate the type of control that you have access to, right? So on a text control, you're not going to be able to put in a an arc knob because that's just uh, that that's associated to generic value, and on 
a numeric value you're not going to be able to put on a signatorial or a calendar call because it has to match the attribute type that's associated to the attribute so that's super um i've tried to break it right it just will not let you and these are the one you got to remember as well these are the ones that come out the box so these are not custom custom ones when i say custom custom i mean stuff that you've built which we'll get onto a little later but um stuff that it's available out the box within dynamics that you can turn on right now utilize so they've created a, a diff number of these and uh, and as you said they are based on the attribute type yep. so that was some for date some for uh, numerical but there are some of them that are sort of for the entity as well i mean the timeline control that's really like yeah. you have yeah. multiple and then you combine them together can you tell me a little bit of the, about those then yeah so the one thing i'm also going to bring up here which is also very important is that most of these custom controls are only available through unified client they may have updated something which makes it available through the web refresh but last time i looked when i tried to add custom controls to unified client interface uh, sorry to the web refresh i actually broke it so you know it, it does work you will get the basic attributes but um on the web refresh but when they say web inside the so just a quick quick backup here when you're adding your custom control to you you've actually got three options so when you're adding it you basically double click attributes hit controls and then you can basically select which control you'd like to add you can basically add different controls for different experiences but when they say the word web they're talking about the unified client interface they're not talking about the web okay and that was the first thing that struck me is that when I opened up my form in the refresh and I was expecting a custom control to be, it wasn't. When I opened up that exact same form in the unified client interface, it was available. So that's the first thing. The timeline question is a very good question because that's a form-based control. So can you oh, tell sorry. me a little bit <laughs> about that one that you have where you have yeah. multiple values that you combine to these controls then? Yeah. So when you're going, if you think about your current form as you have it in the middle, you'll have your activities tab. If you open up your activities tab and your web client properties, you've got the ability to kind of have those tabs with notes, activities, um, posts, etc., etc. When you use it within the web, the, the unified client interface, it consolidates a lot of that stuff into one single timeline view, right? And the fantastic part about that is that you've got a consolidation of notes, of posts and activities in a single place in order. Now, that's one awesome part. The other part is that you've got the ability to filter these. So think about the experience that you have on device, on your machine. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of you are using Web Refresh, and I know that some of you adopted Unified Client Interface. I want to high-five you if you've done that, because that's where Microsoft's going. But it provides the client with the customer flowing experience. So when you go into your timeline view, you're not having to go, I need to go to my notes tab and have a look there, and I need to go to this tab. It's all in one single timeline you can filter and gain access to. But again, that is only available face. And it's probably one of the most key and core pieces of functionality that Microsoft released for UCI because it really, really changes the experience for a customer. So these are the inside the new apps or the modules, as I like to call them, because I think the term app is too overused. And so these <laughs> apps slash modules, that's the sales app or the customer service app or the field service app or your own custom yep. app that you've developed for your CRM then spot on and um when you use the word kind of app in um in those terms it kind of we're going to be walking on a bit of shaky ground shortly and i'll tell you why um so when you were using the word the term app right the app can can be built inside of web refresh so you do have the opportunity to build an app out in web refresh and say okay this is the functionality that i want to show um to my users based on their user roles and the type of actions and activity they need to undertake so your examples were great, like the field service app, 
what you would do is you would only collate and show field service activities to you that doesn't have to be unified client interface. Well, actually, as of the latest upgrade in, in the up and coming or autumn release, from what I know, it does. But let's take sales as an example. Sales, sales can still be fresh, whereas I know PSA and field services are only moving to UCI. I don't know if I'm maybe overstepping the NDAs, but from what I know, it's public knowledge. Um, so yes, you can, anything that's a unified client interface application that you can have that interface of that information and those timelines and those customers. But you must remember that when you're building it, you have to take that interface into it the same way that. The so do you have any examples where you have used these controls then? Yeah. So very honestly, and, um, I don't, I don't like to, I'd rather shoot straight on this one. At the moment, I've, I haven't perf personally implemented a lot in a live production. I've demoed a ton of them, right? And I'm talking at least in about 30 to demonstrations. I know at Hitachi, where I work using a unified client interface, we have implemented some custom. I can't exactly give the clients away, uh, away right now, but, um, that it is working. They are available and, um, they are being live, but yeah, from my point of view, I've used them in demos when I have. I've picked my scenarios very carefully and it's primarily been around mobile use. So opening up the mobile device, you know, utilizing the um, the slider or flip switch to update update information on them. And that's been really useful. So I found that customers really like them for user experience point. So if I want to try them out myself, then how do I activate and find them in my Dynamics CRM? Awesome. So I was hoping you were gonna ask. <laughs> so what I did was I actually released a video as a, literally I got back from extreme, I'm like my custom code. So I do have a link and I'm pretty sure in the show notes. Is that right? Sure we can. Yeah. Cool. Um, but anyway, I'll give you a quick, quick, um, basic tour. So essentially what you would do is you would pop into, I'm going to, I'm going to use it from an attribute rather than a X way to start. So essentially what you do is you pop into your phone and you can either add a new attribute, an existing one. You would double click on the attribute. So basically get that guy open or hit uh, change properties. So what you would do is you would open up the attributes on the tabs at the very top, your controls tab. And then you have the ability in the control section to add various controls. So when you hit the add control link, um, you've got a load of different, you've got a whole list of controls. So like I said before, depending on the view type, if it's a text attribute, you have various options. If it's a multi-text attribute, you have various options like the, the signature control. Um, from a, a numeric point of view or a, a currency point of view, you've got things like the bullet graph or the, the linear graph or gauge. All you really do is select the, the specific attribute type, you add it to the form, and it actually gives you a cool little preview when you selected it. So it shows you what the There's one thing that's very important. When you add, add the attribute, you can't just close the form. Sorry, you can't just close the field properties and pop up. You actually have to go into the specific attribute, sorry, the, to the specific selection of the custom control. Select where the custom control will be shown, so from web phone. And then from there, you actually need to fill in some parameters. So now on the numeric ones, it's pretty basic where you've got min, maximum, and step. So the minimum being the minimum value, maximum, obviously the maximum value. So percentile, and then the step is like 110, right? You can also, when you're adding that, you can actually base the minimum and maximum on a field you've put onto the, so something cool that I did, and this is just a little side story, is that I built out um, activity an activity scoring dynamics just for the hell of it. So we were doing a hackathon, I was like, hell, you know. And um, I actually used the base the base attributes to set the values, the minimax, and then I used custom controls to say, well, based on the number of activities that have come in. So like a phone call with 10 and with two, add those up and then show using a radial graph or a radial what that value was out of X. On, and um, I don't mind sharing that. I actually think I posted a screenshot of it when I was getting stuck into, maybe I could do that again in the show. Now. But it's pretty cool because the minute somebody logged onto that form, they got such a vision, it was visually impacting. They went, ah, oh, this guy's only had like 10 out of 50 phone calls. And this person's only had three out of 20 emails. 
And yes, I know I'm not trying to rewrite relationship analytics. I promise you that's not what I'm trying to do, but it looked really cool. So getting access to them is really, really simple. It's the, it, and it's the same on the views. You know, you can change your view to an editable grid just by simply selecting the editable grid, grid custom. And does it mean that these controls can be added to the editable grid then? No. So the editable grid itself is a custom. You wouldn't be able to add the sliders and the, the text box, to, uh, sorry, the sliders and the linear gauges to the grid. Um, but can I, can I chuck something in there really quickly? Something interesting? Yeah, sure. Cool. So in the, the, in the newest release that's coming out, um, and I, I actually read this in the release notes the other day, you can now add um, custom controls to your business processes in UCI. And I think that's epic, right? So when you're going through your whole business process flow, you can now add in your own custom controls. So instead of having to click on the form and update the custom, the, the attribute through the custom, um, you're basically just doing it through the business process. And that that's really powerful. And that tells me that these guys are going to be all over the place very well. They kind of are already, but they're going to be places very soon. Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense because the business process flow is sort of part of the form already. Yeah, yeah. But it's still those fish bones at the top. So uh, to be able to edit them in the same way makes sense to me. Yeah, and it's pretty useful because you're changing your user experience again. You're not telling them, you know, navigate down the form. You're saying, well, everything's available here now, updated where you see it. And um, I, I love that concept. Yeah, yeah, me too. You said that you made examples. Is is this examples from the those Dynamics guys' site? Ah, uh, yeah, I can add those. Um, I haven't yet. I haven't. So I packaged it in a solution and then forgot about it. <laughs> like uh, it's pretty irresponsible. I know I should have shared it with everyone, but you know what I did? I um I did I built it, shared a screenshot, and then got really excited. Got asked a bunch of questions, and then forgot about it. So I'll I'll definitely put it up there and um. Yeah, we, we've actually got a centralized location for stuff like this. We call it the Those Dynamics Guys Power Apps Bank. And we'll, we'll talk about Power Apps, but, but um, it's essentially a really cool place to upload IP that members of the site can access and utilize in their day-to-days, right? So this IP could actually be utilized in a model-driven application. It doesn't have to be utilized with Dynamics. Um, it only utilizes the contact account activity. So there you go. Okay, so if we try to look at the technical then, uh, I mean... This isn't really documented no. very well. It is like the documentation is yeah, here you can add it to the form, but if you go to look at the JavaScript part of it, if you get the control, you're not sure what you can control with it from sort of mm. a scripting or client side point of view from that. Do you have an experience or, or what we can do? Yeah, so don't do it. <laughs> no so um when when i when i in- engaged with uh, microsoft the first time on this stuff it was still very new and it still is kind of newish i mean it forms the fundamental basis of what the uci is essentially right if you think about it that's really what dynamics 365 for marketing and blah 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 really relies on is custom but um building your own ones now i'm gonna give you a quick i had somebody say to me um, some of you might have utilized Paul Marais Client 360, and you know it's got the docs, and it's essentially a web resource, right? A lot of clients say to me, "Well, yeah. can we use that? Um, and what is that a custom control?" And actually, no, it's not. That's a web resource. It's a different. A custom control works differently to the way a web resource does. Now, I don't know all the technical terms, and I'm not going to try and explain them, <laughs> but I know that you know the, the form loads and then the web resource loads, whereas the custom control kind of loads in parallel. Um, as from a, from building that point, you've got to you've got to know a fair amount of code. I mean, stuff that you need to understand. You've got to understand. You've got to be able to understand how TypeScript and JavaScript work. Um, you need to understand HTML and CSS. 
So it kind of is a bit similar, but from my point of view, when I started looking at things like TypeScript and I know a bit of JavaScript and HTML and CSS, but the TypeScript stuff, man, I started like freaking out because it's nothing that I'm familiar with. Um, I think they're going to change the way that works. I think that it's definitely going to, it's definitely going to be a different experience in the future, but at the moment, it's not completely documented. You would have to talk to people like, you would have to pe talk to people like Paul Murray who understand how this whole thing fits together. But yeah, just be very careful when building your own ones because there's not a hell of a lot of document. Yeah, perhaps I wasn't thinking about building my oh. own, rather controlling the ones that are there. I mean, the example that I have yep. for perhaps the question is better for Microsoft than, <laughs> than it is for you, but 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 still. So So you have your arc control here and then you talked up no the, sorry the arc knob yeah, that you yeah. talked about and then you had the mean the max and the step value perhaps you want to change the min value to something else based on some formula that you have and you want to calculate that and set it to the control based on free values yeah. <laughs> somehow and then you want to change the max value and the step value based on that and there's not really any documentation if you can do no. it. Perhaps you can, but how to do it in any document way. So that's unsupported right now. And at least from my point of view. So that was perhaps what I was looking <laughs> sorry, for. Sorry, man. I, when I hear stuff like that, I just go, go I'll take it too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, no, you're right. Yeah. So you can bind it to a value on it. So you can bind it to it. You can bind it to a value on it, right? Um, so as an example, like if you're... If the value on a, f a calculated field equals X, then use that as the, the kind of min value. I don't think they actually talk around that. What we did is, because I'm going to give you an example, right? We were doing we were doing like a forecasting test with this. So we built in um, the margin calculation value and uh, we, it was a currency field. You can actually bind that currency field value, the value to the minimum value on, uh, as a, pre sorry, the minimum value setting on the custom control. I don't actually, I don't actually think they talk about that a lot in the documentation. I haven't really seen that brought up, but you know, you can do it. Um, I've, I found it a little bit buggy to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously if you're using calculated field, if you have a field on the form and you type in the value one, you can then bind that value to the, um, you can bind that custom control to that field's value as the minimum, right? So you can look at other, the calculated fields piece gets really tough. Like I, it hasn't worked super well, but when you're using like flat out integers and stuff, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a tricky, but otherwise, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see the progress here. And from my point of view, I want to see a little bit more, perhaps even if it's read-only. Yep. I mean, the you have an opportunity and it can be hot, cold or, mm. uh, or warm or whatever you have there. So wouldn't it be nice if that was sort of a color-coded <laughs> yeah, grid yeah. of the uh, overview of the opportunity instead of reading hot? Yeah, I've got to tell you something really funny on this. So I think it would be cool. I've actually got a friend who um, specializes in using emojis for that type of thing. <laughs> so Megan Walker, um, she's one of my mates in the UK. She actually did a whole blog like a warm opportunity. When it got calculated, it was a little picture of a flame. So it's not quite a custom control, but it does gives you the same sort of idea. If you're going to write a custom... So that's a drop-down, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? An option <laughs> set where you can have the emojis yeah. uh, as the option set values done. So that's pretty... 
that that's basically the same thing, right? But it's not no, a no, it's control, not. But no. It's the thing that I'm after. It's a happy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I think it just brings some. I mean, some it... interesting, some interesting uh, color to the form. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it would be cool to have a rag status on an opportunity or a custom. Coin. Yeah, and then you perhaps can have small arrows pointing up or down or sideways. I mean, you can go pretty crazy. I mean, stars from one to five. There's a different although set of things that you can have in the grid just by reading the values easier than having just numbers on on the cells. Yeah. I mean, the web isn't Excel anymore. I think you're right. I mean, the one thing that I found incredibly interesting was when you're looking at um, sort of the relationship insights, like from the opportunity, I've always, so you think about it like this, right? Um, when you're looking at the, at the, at the actual uh, view from a relationship insights point of view, and I know that they're releasing, re-releasing this again from as relationship analytics, but you can show relationship status. You can show whether um, you know it's a high value or a low value from an opportunity point of view. So those you'll be able to show in the views. But I haven't, I haven't, I haven't personally been able to to get that working just yet. But I've seen loads of pictures um, all over the web about how it looks and uh, you know what what potentially be done with. So I kind of think that's probably custom. So if I want to know more about this, where can I go then? The best places, honestly, the best places are docs. Are the doc sites for Microsoft? I mean, there's a few blogs out for this, but most of it's in docs.dynamics.com. Yeah, so go there, and you will find about how you can add them, what yeah. they are, and you can always watch your video on yes. how to add them. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. I don't, I don't like punting myself too much, but it's literally one of the only ones out there. <laughs> Yeah, that's how, how I found it. I was like Googling and, and trying to find the videos on how you do it, get into it. Where are you going to be next? Do you have any public speaking or anything like that scheduled? Um, no, but I'm, I'm weird. I mean, I explained it in the, in the show, but like I've in the last month, I think I've done about eight conferences. So I, they generally just ask me random, but I do all of the UG events. I do all the E365 Saturday. And most of the time, I end. eight events in one well, month. Well, just That's over one month. Lot. So I did virtual summer camp. I did D365 Saturday. I did Manchester. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate that. I mean, that's that's a then you really have to have that passion to expose the awesomeness yes. of Microsoft Dynamics 365. You understand. <laughs> All right, so where do you have any blogs or anything else besides those dynamics? Oh uh, no, guys? We, so I've I've moved all my blogs to um to those dynamics guys. Basically, he lives in there. We've uh all yeah, right. So that that's the thank you, Chris Huntingford, for your participation in CM Rocks. Oh, it's such a pleasure, such a pleasure. 
And thanks to you listening. And don't forget that you can comment and subscribe to Serum Rocks. You search for it on the web to post a comment on Facebook or LinkedIn or on the page itself. Or search for it in your, pap- in your favorite podcasting app and you will find it right there. <laughs> See you next time on Serum Rocks.